I would now like to invite the Honorable Ralph Goodale to say a few words. Thank you, Madam Chair, distinguished guests at the head table, and ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure to be with you this afternoon, and greetings to everyone in Toronto from Saskatchewan. Go Riders! But the, um, the issue in this election campaign has become the economy. That is the core of what Canadians are talking about at the doorstep. And I recall when Stéphane Dion first joined us in the Cabinet of Canada in 1996, that whenever those economic discussions came along, and at that point we were still battling, battling the deficit to balance the books, Stéphane was always a voice for economic common sense, for prudence, and for fiscal responsibility. As Canadians focus more and more on that economic issue that lies at the core of this campaign, something very interesting is happening, something very important is happening. The Conservatives are stalling and dropping, and the Liberals are getting the wind in their sails. And I think I think that reflects a common Canadian view that Canadians have grave doubts about a Prime Minister who would so blatantly betray them on an issue like income trusts, for example. A Prime Minister who would introduce or propose a business tax policy that would actually encourage foreign takeovers of Canadian firms while handcuffing Canadians trying to do business internationally. A Prime Minister who, despite all his promises, has become the biggest spending Prime Minister in Canadian history. A Prime Minister who has eroded the tax base without providing any assistance in terms of higher disposable incomes or greater comp competitiveness or productivity. And on the other hand, they say a Liberal Party and a Liberal Opposition that were the architects of the Maple Leaf miracle that turned this country around in the 1990s. The Maple Leaf miracle that took this country from the bottom to the top of all the economic indicators. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Harper likes to brag about what he calls the fundamentals, and the fundamentals are strong. Well, they're weaker now than they used to be. I want to introduce the man who was the architect of the strong fundamentals, the architect of the Maple Leaf miracle, the man who brought Canada the economic success that it's enjoyed for the last 15 years. Ladies and gentlemen, the Right Honourable Paul Martin. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Members of the head table, 
Ladies and gentlemen, well, thank you very much, Ralph. The last time that I appeared at a joint meeting of the Empire and Canadian clubs, our economic outlook was sunny. Today, storm clouds are overhead. Sideswiped by a global financial crisis, our economy is vulnerable. And that means that Canadians are feeling vulnerable. They're watching this election closely. They're worried about their savings, their mortgages, their pensions, and their jobs. Canadians are worried, even if Stephen Harper is not. They're asking which leader, which team, which program can they best rely on to help them protect them in the face of this turmoil, to defend their interests, and to take action to secure their well-being. A successful government, as Ralph has just said, anticipates the future. It knows that the unexpected is the rule. It's not the exception. And that's why we didn't just eliminate the deficit. It's why we built up surpluses so that Canadians would have the means to deal with whatever a world in upheaval would throw at them. When we took office in 1993, we inherited from another Conservative government a $42 billion deficit, huge unemployment, and an economy that was lining up and limping from a recession. When we left office in 2006, Canada enjoyed a $12 billion surplus, a surging economy, and record high job creation. What a difference a Harper makes. <laughs> Yesterday, you heard from Mr. Harper. You listened to what he had to say to Canadians about their future. His speech amounted to a lecture about how fiercely committed he is to doing absolutely nothing. Over and over again, Mr. Harper told Canadians what he would not do. And then he congratulated himself for committing to not doing even more. In less than three years, he has turned Canada's surplus into a deficit. Our productivity is the worst it has been in 18 years. And this year alone, we have lost 176,000 manufacturing jobs. So let's be clear. When Mr. Harper says we should stay the course, that's the course he's talking about. When Mr. Harper says that he will stand pat on his record, that's the record he's talking about. And when Mr. Harper promises more of the same, that's the same that he's talking about. Stephen Harper rejects the notion that government has a responsibility to act. He says he's done quite enough already. Well, I guess on that point, we can agree. Canadians deserve better. They did not work so hard and sacrifice so much during the 1990s to simply watch it all get washed away, to see us in a near deficit this year and to see that next year most economists are projecting that we may well fall into one. Canadians deserve a government that will put their interests first, that will respond at a time of need, and that will take prudent action. They deserve a government that will work in partnership with the Canadian people, People like those of you who are here today, here in Toronto, here in the heart of Ontario, where the fight to keep our economy strong is being waged day in and day out.
Stéphane Dion offers Canadians such a government, and he has set out a responsible and a prudent plan to take action within the first 30 days of taking office. That's leadership. That's Stéphane Dion. Stéphane Dion a fait ses preuves. Il va mener bien ce qu'il entreprend. Il est assis à la table du cabinet lorsque nous avons équilibré le budget fédéral pour la première fois en 30 ans. Il a été là lorsque nous avons mis en place les plus grandes réductions d'impôts dans l'histoire du Canada. Il était là il y a dix ans lorsque la crise asiatique menaçait nos marchés et menaçait notre économie. Stéphane Dion was part of the government that dealt with the Asian crisis that gripped our markets and threatened our economy 10 years ago. And we came through it because we dealt with it. He was there when we had to deal with the financial shocks of September the, 1st, September the 11th. And we came through that because we dealt with it. Stéphane Dion was at the cabinet table as we balanced the nation's books for the first time in 30 years. Stéphane was there when he brought in the largest tax cuts in Canadian history. And he was there when we put the Canada Pension Plan back on a solid and a sustainable footing. That is the Liberal record, and that is Stéphane Dion's record. And let me repeat what Ralph has said. Stéphane said then what he is saying now. He said the government has a responsibility to act. He said government has a responsible re responsibility to take the steps that will help people. And he was right then. And he's right today. We've only a few days left before Canadians will vote. And I urge you to consider this question. Who will act on your behalf to protect our economy, to protect your jobs? Who will put in pl place a plan for your savings and your future? Now, Mr. Harper has said he has no plan, and incredibly, he's proud of that. Mr. Layton has a plan, but it will jack up taxes and it will kill jobs. Stéphane Dion has a responsive and a responsible plan to guide our economy and our renewal as an economic force. J'ai pu suivre très près le travail de Stéphane, et je tiens à vous dire qu'il est l'homme de la situation. Il saura protéger notre économie, il saura diriger notre pays, I have watched Stéphane Dion up close, and I want to tell you that at this uncertain time, he is the man to protect our economy and to lead our country. Over the years, time and time again, I have seen the strength of Stéphane Dion, a leader who is willing to act, who understands that it is the role of a leader to act. He is a person of high principle. Ladies and gentlemen, Please join me in welcoming my friend, the leader of the Liberal Party and the next Prime Minister of Canada, the Honourable Stéphane Dion. Merci. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Merci. Thank you.
Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Thank you. La première chose que je veux dire, ici, dans cette réunion conjointe de Bumper Club et du Kenyan Club de Toronto, c'est à quel point je suis fier d'avoir été présenté à vous par le plus grand ministre des Finances de l'histoire du Canada. De qui j'ai tant appris. Mais je tiens à le dire aujourd'hui à tous mes amis du Québec qu'à chaque fois que notre pays, le Canada, a eu de grands défis à relever, qu'est-ce qu'on a vu On a vu des Québécois agir avec les Ontariens, des Montréalais avec les Torontois, et on a fait face ensemble. Et notre meilleur véhicule pour travailler ensemble a été et sera toujours le Parti libéral du Canada. Rappelons-nous, en 93, rappelons-nous, le Canada avait une économie anémique. Il y avait un déficit de 42 milliards. On a redressé la barre, on a fait une économie forte. Et tous les Canadiens ont travaillé. Mais s'il fallait en nommer trois, n'ai-je pas raison qu'il faudrait nommer trois Québécois Jean Chrétien, Paul Martin, Marcel Massé. Nous, les Québécois, on peut faire des grandes choses. Arrêtons d'être avec le Bloc. Allons travailler avec tous les Canadiens. On a besoin de réussir ensemble, avec les Ontariens. Avec les Ontariens. Et les gens de Regina et de Saskatchewan aussi. Tout le monde, tous ensemble, on va y arriver. So, Thank you so much to give me this opportunity to speak to all Canadians, as you see, to, to the people of Toronto, of Ontario, of Quebec, of Saskatchewan, to all Canadians. We need to be together. It's too big what we are facing, but we are a great people up for a great challenge. As you know, yesterday, Stephen Harper was in Toronto to release his platform. Well, I have to apologize, I cannot do the same with you today. <laughs> we Liberals released our platform over two weeks ago because I believe that Canadians deserve to see a party's platform more than one week before Election Day. <laughs> with an election less than a week away, Canada's economy is confronting significant challenges. We are facing a volatile stock market that is understandably raising the anxiety of every Canadian looking at our savings, our homes, our pensions. Canada has the worst economic growth in the G8 so far this year, our worst performance since 1991. This summer, we saw the single worst month of job losses since 1991. We have had nine straight months of falling labor productivity, our worst performance since 1990. And now, and now, chief economists from our major banks are forecasting a recession for Canada. 
Stephen Harper has done nothing to meet these challenges. He has failed the first and most important test of leadership. Stephen Harper is saying, laissez faire, I don't care. He's singing that same old song, don't worry, be happy. Rather than acknowledging the fear and hurt being felt by Canadians, Stephen Harper said yesterday that he saw buying, buying opportunities in the stock market. He is completely out of touch with the impact the current economic turmoil is having on the lives of everyday Canadians. We Canadians, we worry about our savings, about our jobs. For many of us, it is more, more than a worry. It is the hurt. It is the harm. Au lieu d'exprimer les inquiétudes et la douleur que ressentent les Canadiens, Stephen Harper a dit qu'il voyait des occasions d'achat à la bourse. Il est complètement déconnecté de la réalité. Il ne comprend pas l'impact de la tourmente économique sur le quotidien des Canadiens. Les Canadiens s'inquiètent. Nous nous inquiétons pour nos épargnes, pour nos emplois. Pour plusieurs d'entre nous, c'est plus que de l'inquiétude, c'est de l'anxiété. C'est une peine énorme. Stephen Harper has no plan. That doesn't it good enough. We have to act now. Doing nothing is not an option. We Liberals have a plan for this country, both for our long-term prosperity and for the short-term challenges we face right now. We have unveiled an action plan for the first 30 days of a Liberal government. Our plan will accelerate investment in manufacturing, in infrastructure, to create jobs, well-paid jobs, good jobs, green jobs, new jobs. There is no time to waste. We need shovels in the ground. We need to improve our public transit, our green infrastructure. We need to create jobs now. We need to work with financial regulators to evaluate our regulatory framework and our fiscal position, to ensure the government is doing what it can to protect our savings, our homes, our pensions. We need to look at options, such as raising the level of deposit insurance on Canadian savings, or ensuring that seniors are not forced to withdraw their savings from their registered and retirement income funds during this time of market volatility. We need to look at of all of that. And we Liberals, we understand that we need to work with premiers, not against them. Unlike Stephen Harper, I will meet with First Ministers to work towards common goals. Nous devons examiner toutes les options, comme le bien fondé d'augmenter le niveau d'assurance pour les dépôts bancaires des Canadiens. Une autre possibilité serait d'examiner si les retraités pourraient ne pas être obligés d'effectuer des retraits de leurs fonds enregistrés d'épargne-retraite. 
et donc de vendre leurs épargnes, pas être obligés de le faire alors que les marchés sont si volatiles. Et nous, libéraux, comprenons que nous devons travailler avec les premiers ministres des provinces, premier ministre Charest, premier ministre McGuinty, tous les premiers ministres. Et je ne ferai pas comme Stephen Harper. Je ne vais pas travailler à l'encontre des premiers ministres des provinces. Contrairement à lui, je vais rencontrer les premiers ministres et travailler avec eux pour atteindre des objectifs communs. Stephen Harper has taken the opposite approach. He has chosen not to hold a formal first minister's meeting. Jim Flaherty, his finance minister, attacked this province, calling it the last place someone would want to invest. Yes, he said that. What kind of government attacks its own citizens and the economy of its largest province, I ask you? I understand the challenges facing Ontarians. And I believe in the immense potential of Ontario as our main economic engine for a richer Canada, a fairer Canada, and a greener Canada. <laughs> Maybe if Stephen Harper spent less time distorting me and my plan, he would have been able to come forward with a real platform, not a brochure. Stephen Harper's agenda is one of distortion and dishonesty. He may speak better English than I do, but I speak the truth better in both official languages than him. Stephen Harper joue avec la vérité. Il mène une campagne malhonnête. Il parle sans doute mieux anglais que moi, mais je parle le langage de la vérité mieux que lui dans les deux langues officielles. Mes amis, il ne reste que six jours à cette élection. Et le programme de M. Harper est trop peu, trop tard. Il n'en fait rien pour rassurer les Canadiens. Il ne propose aucune vision pour notre pays. With six days left in this election, Mr. Harper's platform is too little, too late. It offers nothing to put Canadians' minds at ease and offers no vision for our country. Isn't it irresponsible? A quarter of the cost of his platform is devoted to what? To the economy? To health care? To the environment? No. It is devoted to a two-cent decrease on the tax on diesel, a quarter of the cost of his platform. This is the king of all gimmicks. The very next day after Stephen Harper made this announcement, the cost of diesel went up by two cents. <laughs> Such a gimmick will do nothing to strengthen our economy. We all know that. There is not an ounce of vision in Stephen Harper's platform. 
The problem, how can we explain that? This failure of this platform. Well, the problem is that Stephen Harper suffers from the same fatal flaw as other right-wing politicians. He talks about shrinking government. And then he spends and spends building nothing with no coherent plan. Many Canadians who thought they would vote conservative are reconsidering their choice now because now they understand that the conservatives are poor managers of the economy. I say to all these Canadians, join us. Join us, Liberals, because we understand how the market economy works, how the government works, and how the two must work together. Je sais que beaucoup de Canadiens qui pensaient voter conservateur pensent à nouveau à leur choix au Québec comme partout au Canada. Parce qu'ils comprennent, ils et elles comprennent, que les conservateurs gèrent mal l'économie. À tous ces Canadiens et ces Canadiens, je dis, joignez-vous à nous, les libéraux, parce que nous savons comment fonctionne l'économie, nous savons comment fonctionne le gouvernement, et par-dessus tout, nous savons comment l'économie et le gouvernement doivent fonctionner ensemble. Look at my team, Ralph Goodale, John McCallum, Martel Finley, all my colleagues in this, in this room. Isn't it impressive? And we have... I'm so proud of my team. Only in Toronto I have the material for two cabinets, what I will do. So impressive. And look at our track record expressed today as at its best. Our track record expressed today at its best with Paul Martin. Are you not impressed? <laughs> History shows us that in tough economic times, it is progressive governments that put economies back on track. Clinton after Reagan and Bush, Blair after Thatcher and Major, Chrétien and Martin after Mulroney, and of course, McGuinty after Harris. And, and the basic reason for that is that conservatives don't understand how the government may play a role for the people and for the economy. We liberals, we understand the economy, we understand the government. It's why we need to win the next election for the sake of Canadians. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, Mr. Harper said that an economic storm was no time to switch boats. Well, I say the captain of the boat is asleep at the wheel. For the sake of all Canadians, we need to change course, we need to change the captain, we need to change the whole crew.
Voilà pour M. Harper. Laissez-moi répéter pour tous les Québécois qu'on a mieux à faire que de voter pour protester contre M. Harper. C'est tout ce que M. Duceppe peut nous proposer, un vote de protestation. Nous, les Québécois, on veut agir. C'est le moment d'agir. Les enjeux sont grands pour maintenant et pour l'avenir. Et le meilleur moyen d'agir, de façon positive et progressiste, c'est de voter libéral et de travailler de concert avec tous les Canadiens. Now, now Jack Layton. Well, as Paul has said, Jack Layton says he has a plan. Unfortunately, his plan is paid, his plan is paid for with monopoly money. His plan is a job killer, a plan that will raise taxes on our businesses by $50 billion, further weakening our stock market, Canadian companies, and most importantly, putting at risk the jobs of our workers and their families. Does Mr. Layton think it will attract investment to Canada by making it more expensive to do business in Canada? Jack Layton says that a cut in corporate taxes, a cut in corporate taxes, is a right-wing policy. Well, if it was true, that would mean that Sweden, with its low corporate tax rate, is the hotbed of neoconservatism, <laughs> while the United States, with its very high corporate tax rate, is a socialist paradise. <laughs> a low corporate tax rate is not a right-wing policy. It's not a left-wing policy. It's the right thing to do. For generating investment, for creating jobs, it's the right thing to do. Canadians who are thinking they may vote for the NDP, and Canadians who think they may vote for Liberals, we share many of the same social values. We want the same thing at the end of the day, the same goal for a fairer Canada. I say to all Canadians committed to social justice, Canada will never have a Prime Minister more committed to fighting poverty than me. I say to all Canadians committed to a greener environment and to fight the fight against climate change, the worst environmental threat humanity is facing, I say to these Canadians committed for a green agenda, Canada will never have a greener Prime Minister than me. I say to all these Canadians, we cannot wait. We need a fairer Canada today. We need a greener Canada today. We need a Liberal government that will build that Canada on the foundation, this greener and fairer Canada, on the foundation of a strong economy. This is what we need. Nous ne pouvons pas attendre. Nous avons besoin d'un Canada plus juste et plus vert, maintenant. Nous avons besoin d'un gouvernement libéral qui va bâtir ce Canada sur une fondation économique solide. For the short term, the turmoil in which we are, and for the long term, to ensure that Canada succeeds in the 21st century, 
our entire plan is designed to make Canada more sustainable, more innovative, more energy efficient, more competitive in the world economy. Because for us Liberals, it is always the economy first. No other party, no other party is offering a stronger plan to reduce income taxes for families and for business, to boost investment in R&D and green technologies. 230 of Canada's leading economists have written supporting the principles of the green shift. Cut taxes on those things that help our economy grow, income, innovation, investments, our savings, and shift those taxes to pollution. They have all said, these economists, this is good for the economy and good for the environment, good for your wallet and good for the planet. A green shift is good for the whole country and certainly good for Ontario. In addition to our commitment to invest in clean energy and to invest $1 billion to attract investment into our manufacturing sector, our plan includes boosted tax credits for R&D and a very, very generous accelerated capital cost allowance for investment in energy efficient machinery and equipment. It's what the Ontario economy needs. It's what it will have with a Liberal government. And all this, all this for the economy, the environment, for social justice, all this with the fiscal discipline that is now part of the Liberal DNA, thanks to Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin. Yes, yes, we have a plan for the long term and a plan for the short term. A plan for us and a plan for our children. Le Parti libéral a démontré à quel point nous pouvons réussir, à quel point nous pouvons réussir lorsque nous marions économie forte et justice sociale. Nous libéraux comprenons que rien ne nous oblige à choisir entre ces deux objectifs. Et aujourd'hui, dans cette élection, nous libéraux avons mis de l'avant un plan pour que le 21e siècle soit un plan de prospérité, soit un siècle de prospérité économique, de justice sociale et avec un environnement sain pour les Canadiens. Let me conclude on a more personal note. I entered in politics after a long discussion with my wife, Janine, and I will never thank enough my family to have accepted this sacrifice that we did. I entered in politics. I entered in politics at the insistent invitation of Prime Minister Jean Chrétien. In fact, it was Madame Chrétien. And I came because I wanted to help my country to stay together. I came because Janine and I wanted our daughter Jeanne to enjoy Toronto and Ontario as part of her country, as much as your children and grandchildren enjoy Montreal and the whole of Quebec and Quebec City as part of your country. This is something that was the motivation for me. And I did it because I love my country,
but also because I know what it represents in the world as a hope, as the proof that people with different languages and accent, <laughs> people with different backgrounds coming from everywhere in the world may be stronger, better citizens on this planet because they are together. This is what Canada is all about. And now I want to be Prime Minister of this united Canada because I know that together we'll face the difficulties of to today and we'll be able to face it and then to make sure that Canada will be a leading country of the 21st century for a richer, fairer, greener Canada. It's what I want to do. It's why I will fight until the last minute to win this election for Canadians. And when, and when you will go home the 14th of October after having casting your vote for the Liberals. <laughs> and you will go home. I want you to proudly look in your children's eyes and grandchildren and say to them, I voted for me for the tough times in which you are, to have a government that cares and will help me. But I voted for you too, for your future, for a government that will not over only govern for the next election, but also for the next generation. Merci. Merci. Madam President, distinguished guests, fellow members and guests of the Canadian Club and Empire Clubs, I have the honour to express your formal thanks to the Honourable Dr. Stéphane Dion. In the often messy and nasty world of politics, you, Mr. Dion, stand out as a man of values. You. You have made a career of doing what is right, what is not necessarily popular, from your forceful support of Canadian federalism in Quebec to your vision of a richer and greener country for our children and our grandchildren.
I don't often find myself quoting Jack Layton, but he described you as a man of principle and conviction, and therefore almost certain not to be elected leader of the Liberal Party. Well, you are proof that principles do matter, and do matter to the Liberal Party of Canada. But perhaps Rosalind Carter said it best when she said, a leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but ought to be. Merci beaucoup et bonne chance au mardi, Dr. Dion. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in a toast to Canada. To Canada. Canada.